guys ready? Yeah. yeah. I guess. Alright. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> motherfucker. That <laughs> <laughs> better go too. One well-placed sweep can change the whole world. One well-placed sweep can change the world. Alright, Scotty. Welcome to the Coders Quest Podcast. <laughs> this is episode 8C. Uh, Start over. <laughs> Start over. I'll see if I want to keep all of that, but do give me a different, give me a different take just in case. Let's give another take. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, I think we're okay. All right, everybody. We'll. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 18 of the Codex West Podcast. I'm Jacob Lively, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Weevola. Hey, what's up, man? And Johnny Paglino. I'm not doing this, man. Can't do it this time. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Um, so, like I said, this is episode 18. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about hazing. Uh, if you missed last episode, we talked about tax reform. You can go find all that on our SoundCloud, or if you follow us on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, if you don't do the, either of those things, please subscribe now. Um, but we, uh, there was an article that was published in the Atlantic that Johnny and I read on a, a plane last week while we were flying back from Florida um, about hazing. And it, it struck us as uh, being an interesting topic of conversation, A, because it's sort of like philosophically aligned with uh, like the sort of the loneliness thing that we talked about earlier. Um, but... We did a loneliness podcast for those who... Yeah, for those who didn't listen back when we had only 10 listeners. (laughs) Now that we've come up and we're at... We're at 30. Yeah, 556, (laughs) Jesus. Uh, So yeah, Johnny, I'm going to let you take the lead on this because you probably have a better idea of how you want to start this than I do. Um, Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I pretty much do. Sassy bitch, <laughs> Yassi, Yas Queen. Um, listen, <laughs> I would chill out. We were so we started. Uh, I we went home. Jacob and I went home for uh, my our grandfather's 80th birthday. Happy birthday, Bob. and happy birthday. Shouts out. Yeah, Mwah. but um, uh, we went golfing uh, with all of his sons. And my mom and they uh, are one of our uncles is uh, he was in a fraternity at FSU <coughs> and recently in the news uh, or recently a pledge died uh, at FSU <laughs> during um, hell week. Mm-hmm. And you want to explain what that is real quick? Yeah, well, I'll get into it. There's, it's okay. the, the entire process of hazing. Or like the um, the process by which like a fraternity uh, takes their pledges and initiates them is like it's it's designed in a certain kind of way uh, that we're just gonna have to talk about when we broach the concept of hazing. So I'll get into it more. But anyway, basically, it uh, this event um, happened and FSU shut down all Greek life, which was yeah. it's, indefinitely, which is probably the most dramatic. Um, response, response yeah. that any and yeah wait, this was very and, recent wasn't it yeah and so yeah they, this was uh, like last week or something or the week before this, oh, yeah it, i think I, it yeah. must have been like two weeks ago so or uh it was basically just a topic over golf and uh i never you know i just i i have no relationship with greek life i went to college i've stepped inside of a fraternity house once in my life uh and it was disgusting mm-hmm. and i just that's all i really thought about it and just, I don't know. What like, about you, Mark? Unclean or everybody? Okay, like, I guess I've been in plotting. Yeah, I've been like roofie scandals. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, it is very. It was like very like uh, seedy for uh-huh, sure. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Um, and this is at like a school where I don't even think the hazing was that big a deal. 
yeah, yeah, I don't know I what a University of, of Chicago frat house looks like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody it was just books, like, but things are a little dirtier than usual. <laughs> it was like, it was just kind of gross. I mean, whatever. Like, I've lived in gross places, but like, this was just sort of like, it just too broy. It was just like too much testosterone. Mm-hmm. Mark knows I reacted to too much testosterone. <laughs> yeah, sure. When we were in Amsterdam, it was just like too many dudes. Yeah, there's just too many dudes, dudes everywhere. Dude. Dudes, as far dude. as the eye can see. Dude, dude, dude. 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a dude hater. I'm just if there's too many dudes, it's cool. You don't want to be where all the dudes are at. No one. That's not a good place to be. It's never a good place to be. As we've like found out over the last couple of weeks, like men are awful and terrible people. So like the more dudes, the worse the place (laughs) is. Just like fundamentally. Yes, fundamentally. (laughs) What? Um. So I know I don't have a real connection, but I was just. We were in the airport. I wanted to pick up the New Atlantic and an article on uh, a death in a fraternity was in the magazine. I thought it would be about FSU, but that's no, kind of stupid because it was, State, yeah. Right? But it ends up being about Penn State. And so it really opened up this article by, uh, Kate, I think, Caitlin Flanagan. Um, it's called A Death at Penn State. It, one, this article is just, like, beautifully written. So it's it's very, fantastic. It's really good, yeah. It's really yeah, it's good. really It's really somber. It has a kind of, like... Oh, it's 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 super evocative, it's, dude. I spent the whole time like seeing the images like r- really clearly in my own mind, and found this kind of like running um uh running aesthetic uh to my to my like to the imagery, right? And it just yeah. it was very effective and emotive. It was like this um sort of like melancholic bleakness. Mm-hmm. It's like you know like. This she's written before on the subject, and obviously it makes sense because there's just so much information packed. But the, one of her other essays was called "The Dark Power of Fraternities," and that's that title I think catches the the tone, yeah, and the direction of exploration. Yeah, it's like it's um, raining the whole and time. And it's poetry, <laughs> like you know, right? Yeah, exactly. that's how it feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the article itself, though, is about the death of. Um, a pledge at Penn State named Tim Piazza. And essentially, he was forced in a ritual, forced to drink so much that he ended up in a stupor. Because of other hazing incidents in the past, there was actually a benefactor who is an old alum of the fraternity who had installed cameras into the house. And so this entire, what kind of like Which marks they the knew remark- about. Yeah, which, which they knew they about knew too. About. Yeah, right. It's so bizarre. It marks, it's, it's, yeah, it's remarkable. Um, or it makes this story potent and remarkable because we have video footage and we have all the text messages. And it really reads like a lot of the articles that we like to bring on the show is like it reads into like this investigation into like certain rituals that are there's no mention of them on the internet, but they pop up in these like mm-hmm. very particular places in the court documents. Um, something called the bird rule or something. No, what is it? The no, the like, Shep test. Yeah, the Shep, Shep test. test. That's it. Shep test. Um, yeah. The bird rule. Something else. That's from another. That's yeah, from think, tax yeah, reform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, tax yeah. Yeah. The Shep test. Um, and it turns out that hazing is this. It's the universities have not done a good job at all of. Um, policing policing deterring yeah um any kind of hazing uh it's sort of this difficult subject i guess for them to broach because um there's only so much you can do in some ways but the measures themselves are also really lackluster like there's there's like a mark do you have notes on this there's like a security like there's like a a a, a body that will come and check i also read it very recently so um the there are certain systems by which the uh, fraternity system and uh, and individual universities have tried to curb um, the you know I guess what you would just I mean they keep referring to it as like destructive behavior like yeah that's the kind of uh, buzzword that these organizations use but which is like already like evocative yeah like in a, terms yeah. of what we're actually talking hazing the hazing we're worried about right here is not like you know, like, oh, um, 
It's yeah, not I like mean, oh, yeah. run across the 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 quad naked. Yeah, you know, we're exactly. talking about. We're, I think it might be good to say some things about what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking I'm about give you the idea of like the not just scope. not just forced drinking, but imagine having to drink so much that you're not allowed to stop drinking until you vomit, and then you have to vomit into a cup, and then you have to switch your cups around and drink that vomit. There are cases where people have to swallow live fish that they're locked in coffins on hallucinogenics and aren't allowed to leave for the whole night. There are cases where you're not allowed to leave a house or fall asleep for a week. Um, Lots of ingestion of blood. um, Lots of physical beating. People throwing chairs, bricks at each other. Things that are not, like, that are cruel. They're just simply destructive behaviors. I mean, and and that goes so much deeper. That's just, like, that's, like, legitimately... uh, like I mean, disturbing, dude. I mean, that's like really scary stuff. Like I remember when like, these people are like not, shit you yeah. would expect out of like a torturer, like someone it's in like a horror right. movie. And I mean, I mean, I locking we'll someone in a small space on hallucinogens, dude. That's like that's. I mean, that's like it, that's next level uh, psychological. Uh, <laughs> that's like shit they wouldn't torture. do at Guantanamo. <laughs> yeah, I just like that. That blows my mind. That sounds so terrible. Yeah, go on though. Um, so I, I just wanted to bring that that's what we're talking about when we were going to bring up the um, how yeah. there's any sort of policing which you were going to talk and, about and so the thing is that um, hazing as Johnny said hazing in the way that we kind of thought about it in the past or that our parents might have thought about it it's like it's no longer kind of this innocent fun of like go streaking through the quad or do X, Y, and Z and things like that Okay, right? things that were relatively safe and were just kind of fun and, you, and like Many of us have been parts of organizations in which there is some sort of whatever you might call hazing ritual, right? Yeah. It might just be going and getting coffee for the group. You know what I mean? But, like, you know what I'm saying. This is, like, rising to this incredible level of, like, I mean, destruction, right? It's this incredibly destructive and cruel behavior. Now, so um, the other side of this, and, and let's just, like, you know, when we talk about hazing, we have to talk about alcohol, Right. Because the thing yeah. is that the alcohol this and I didn't know about it really. Yeah, there is so much alcohol involved in these rituals, and uh, it's been. I mean, despite the fact that if you talk to every, ask any university in the country, they say we have a zero tolerance hazing and drinking policy or something like that. Right now, at Penn State, uh, during the time that this took place, um, there were. Uh, they Penn State after the death of an earlier pledge in a different fraternity a few uh, some time before um, had instituted this program whereby um, uh, the school hired a private security firm that would uh, essentially do random and like you know somehow like spaced out uh, checks on fraternity parties. So in other words, people would come, kind of, like essentially undercover, pretending to just be somebody attending yeah. the party, and then would see what was going on there. Like, was it, you know, and when we say party, I'm not just talking about like frat parties that other people get invited to. Um, you know, they would just show up to the, um, you know, these hell week hazing rituals and things like yeah. that, right? To make sure that like, um, that they're not, uh. Uh, that that they weren't violating school rules specifically about you know these these things that it outlaws. Well, that doesn't actually. Turns out that people, uh, two of the people from this private security firm, showed up. What was it like? Legitimately, t- like a few minutes was it or an hour before this all happened? To it was definitely during the party. It yeah, was it- during no, it was during the party. But I think it was even just a couple of minutes before like he fell down the stairs or before he was, he came back out into the room and showed like all these signs of being outrageously um, intoxicated. But so Mm -hmm. these, uh, these members of this private security firm who were hired by the school to check out the fraternity show up and basically just kind of give it an okay and dip set immediately. But the truth of the matter is that like, Everybody's waste. I mean, it's clear that there must have been. It's not. It's not even that they're both students, the, and that's where I was the, getting to. Yeah, it turns out yeah. that they're not even like direct employee, like independent employees of the security <laughs> firm. They are students hired by the security firm to do this. Volunteer, Vo- yeah, volunteer. or like part time oh or something. God, yeah. 
So, like, part-time students just getting paid a little bit of money to go and do this patrolling thing. But then you're asking the students to, um, you know, to police themselves in that whole way, okay, essentially. So this 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 shows that, like, you know, obviously the there, there's not a good – they're not taking care of the situation in a way they should. Another thing that um, yeah, no, it's, demonstrates it's that – something that this article talks about is, like, let's say, like, your house gets uh, – shut down right mm-hmm. generally what will happen is like that's a that's a frat house like it was built as a frat house so like over time there'll be some sort of reorganization and it just pops up as a new frat house yeah um that generally like still has the spirit of the old one so it's like even like taking these frat house like sh- like shutting down a frat for misbehavior mm-hmm. will end up not really mattering like in any amount of like important life or like time span um, yeah. there, there won't be like a substantive was... uh, longer term result from just shutting down the one frat it will be replaced by another fraternity yes yeah. and something I, you know we're not that old yet I was still able to call some people mm-hmm. that are still in a college right now that are they're familiar with Greek life and even talking to people it's like you can't like it, it's so secretive it's just like you have to I, you know always claiming for <laughs> like ambiguity or an- anonymity mm-hmm. um but one school I talked to, the um, there was a frat where the president's son was the head of the frat, and a kid died, mm. and the president had to, like, like get the kid to like leave the country. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and and their only the only um, recourse was now you're not allowed to have kegs at the school. Jesus what? Christ! What Useless yeah. non-reforms, basically. Yes, I, that's a perfect way of putting it. Um, and so this is a problem that it seems in the way that there's a cycle. I, I've i come to view this issue as a, a bizarre, mainly masculine. This problem doesn't exist in sororities in the same way. It's like primarily fraternity. It's a cycle of, it's like a systemic torture, cycles of systemized cycles of torture that the schools really allow and almost themselves are like subject to that logic. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. They talk about uh, in the same school, Penn State, Joe Paterno, that whole scandal. He was actually asked about hazing, and he was just, it wasn't, he was upset that um, there was hazing going on. He was just upset at what kind of hazing there was. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the hazing he described was like no better. It just was less, you know, scandalous, I guess. Mm-hmm. But so there's, I wanted to understand, I guess, why how this would ever have come about, right? Um, and so I, I started kind of researching a little bit. There was this um, dissertation from this uh, guy, Aldo Camino, um, who's at, uh, the dissertation was at Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara. And it was like perfectly what I want to know. The, the title of the dissertation was Hazing as a Manifestation of Evolved Psychology. Oh, good. And basically... It turns out that hazing is not, like, subject to just, like, you know, this moment in time or, like, to America. This is, like, a a activity you can, like, um, that you can see across, like, all, like, all different time periods yeah. and oh, all different sure. cultures. Yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to read this one quote from it um, because it also taught – I think this will some in some way – kind of wrap around some of the other themes we've been talking about in the segment when it comes to how like uh, we may outgrow the need for evolutionary behaviors but we don't Mm -hmm. actually outgrow those evolutionary behaviors themselves and they interact with like you know modern life in a very interesting and Mm -hmm. often like antiquated way yeah so this one quote goes by definition hazing is a phenomenon that occurs around the time that new members are integrated into an extant coalition Thus, how the mind understands newcomers may be crucial to explaining why hazing occurs. Consider the process that generates significant differences in tenure length between members, staggered group entry over time. This process produces multiple overlapping membership generations. Staggered group entry is not a logical necessity. One can at least imagine a world in which all enduring coalitions consist solely of their founding members. Thus, the recurrent practice of newcomer integration suggests that the practice has or had in our evolutionary past at least some value. Mm-hmm. Newcomers may contribute a host of benefits, including additional labor inputs, unique skills, social connections outside of the group, etc. 
That said, the benefits associated with newcomer, newcomers are potentially offset by their costs. Newcomers increase coordination problems simply by increasing the size of the group and may be habitual free, free riders. That is, they may take the benefits associated with being a coalition member without paying the costs of maintaining these benefits in the future. The idea of paying yeah. the costs yeah, is what's... That, yeah, that's super so, interesting. Imagine if you have a group like you are society, like you're like a like a hunting group or something, mm. right? And um, the way that you would assess like newcomers into your group would be like their their skills at you know um, hunting or gathering or something like that, right? Mm. And if uh, their skills can you know benefit the group, that's them paying the cost. So it makes sense that there there's like an initiation process that's assessed on some sort of quality. Mm-hmm. It turns out that when fraternities that cost, these are like deeply like these. The idea of brotherhood is so important. It's generational. Um, these are groups that have like strong like you know coalition mentalities. <laughs> but what's like what like what is what is it that you're offering? You're not offering like any particular skills when you join to a fraternity, yeah. except maybe getting girls to come to the party which to be fair when i talked to people was like some of the better fraternities that's actually the skills you're bringing in but there are plenty of <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> yeah oh but there are plenty of fraternities especially in this article that the fraternities described were in this article where you're there's not anything you're really bringing to the table right mm-hmm. and so what ends up being the cost was the punishment that you received to enter in yeah and so because there's no real like like practical skills that you're bringing in it turns out like the rituals themselves start to reflect a different kind of quality one that i think ends up being um manifested or one that exhibits characteristics that are mentalities of like a deep cynicism with the world right this is why i think why drinking is so involved or so ritualized is because college itself is seen as this place where it's like a you know a lot of these co- like mm-hmm. fraternities we're talking about existing colleges that are seen as or like party schools yeah and so the um party activities themselves mm-hmm. um become tokenized and ritualized this is my view yeah, this is no, what no, i think is no, happening sure. um the pain of like, like this. I mean, we went we went to college. You know, it's like it was not. I mean, a, I went to FSU. All, I went I mean, to FSU. You went to FSU. Yeah, yeah which I want to get into. Yeah, for sure. But um, you know, it college is not like an easy time by any means. It can be very fun. I have a lot of great memories of it, but it's also like a miserable time in a lot yeah, of ways yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a it's a time of growing mm-hmm. that is really not the the college experience is not completely designed in such a way that allows you to it's not designed like this like change in your life that's going on yeah so right so there's like a lot of misery that i think it's externalized in these rituals and you demonstrate your value as a newcomer by demonstrating your like-minded cynicism and your ability to withstand the same sorts of pain that um the coalition you're trying to enter into also experiences. Totally. Um, I think this is why, you know, it's like, I think why in like party schools, this, this is why the behavior is more deviant and destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, but what kind of, you know, when I was talking to people too, when um, I talked to a girl and she said that the fraternities have such a stronger sense of brotherhood than do the sororities that she was actually kind of jealous by it. Um, yeah, I was gonna say whether you need to go like, through these. Super I think that that's also just like behaviors to actually yeah. feel a brotherhood in general. It, I don't think it just has to do with fraternity. Well, no. The difference is is that um, like most like if your pledge class as a sorority, there's sure, there, that makes sense. Often you won't even know every one of your pledges, but because. The fraternities are have a much more grueling process. Like you become 
best friends with your whole class, like generally. Obviously, <laughs> they really this like article that, yeah. showcases uh, times when that's not the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, so there is something to be said, I guess, if like what you're searching for is the term that always keeps coming up is brotherhood, which I don't, as a term, totally fully understand in the yeah, first place. For sure. Like, like um, the. I understand the need to be part of like a group, mm-hmm. a social group, but like specifically characterizing it as a brotherhood to me already gives it like a a cult sensibility. Absolutely. Um, well, I also whenever I think about that, I've thought about the exact same thing that I was like, I never fully understand the term brotherhood in this context, and I think it was uh, I forget who said this to me, but it made a lot of sense. Where um, uh, like very often let's say that you have a brother in real life right like you know your IRL brother and um when and you know there's some age disparity or something when you're children you may not be interested in hanging out with one another or may not really be close or friends or something like that but as you get older what happens is that like you know particularly when you enter into your like uh real adult years like you know early middle age and middle age you start to realize that your brother is a person that shares experiences with you right that no one else shares and that there are particular there are particular things that you and this other person have inherently in common not only biologically but also like in self because self is built out of your past right so i had been thinking about the same thing about the use of this word brotherhood in the fraternity sense and um when i was reading the article in particular because it seemed like the whole point was that hazing was a way of giving you some sort of like history and past with this new friend quote unquote right like you're making a new friend right yeah but you already feel a deep connection to one another because you have an almost like traumatic experience shared between the two of you Sure. Right? Yeah. Or not between the two of you. Yeah, I would, say, I would say. Yeah. Okay. How about that? Expressly yeah, traumatic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That might even be the fucking purpose of it all. Right. Would be to uh, um uh, to do that. And which, if I could just make one yeah, quick yeah, 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 thing, sure. why we just talk about trauma. This is um, trust is important. That's why everything's very se- well. One of the reasons why all the rituals are very secret is it's, you're supposed to be demonstrating your trust to the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um. But you're also it's also in a process that is an infliction of trauma. This is very similar to how abusers um, traumatize their yeah, like, I was gonna abusees, say it right? seems like even if the ostensible purpose is to foster some sense of brotherhood, like the more obvious one is like you're just trying to get away with being a fucking psychopath. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it also it also fosters like it there is a relationship that's like been examined between like, you know, it, like domestic abusers and they're you know the people they abuse <laughs> mm-hmm. and um the the trust that's involved there's like this perverted sense of trust that gets um engendered via the process of like trauma infliction yeah. really? that yeah. i think you can really extrapolate into like what's happening on this like systemic level mm-hmm. um and uh the hazing that's happening fraternities anyway sorry i just want to make that point. and totally and, and very one of the special things, work yeah and one of the things that uh actually came to mind for me uh while while reading the article and kind of uh on the same points that we were just making it reminds uh, to me it seemed so much about like power like improper power distribution and like young mm-hmm. minds with mm-hmm. power because what it reminded me so much of is like stanford prison experiments yeah stuff. yeah Right, I think I mean, that that's like in a, I think too. that's like a very yeah exactly it's the same demographic, and the thing is that I think that there's a lot of analogy to be made there right and about the way that group mentality shapes our own actions in that in their own context do you know what I mean like at the time that the action is taking place so the thing is that um, I think when I was reading it it sounded so much as if it was about like this kind of cascading groupthink, right? Sure, yeah. And because mm-hmm. of the way that fraternities work where, like, number one, they're, you know, they try to keep this, uh, you know, very uh, deep uh, uh, tradition of secrecy, right? Now, what does secrecy translate to for somebody who is... Now I'm kind of riffing, but I think this is an interesting idea to bring up. Actually, like, what can I... Wait, hold on, let me finish this thought. So the thing is, the the secrecy, though, like, that in itself is 
isolating to the group mentality itself mm-hmm. because then you but if, if there's a culture of secrecy within a group that is already cascading into a particular destructive trend of uh, logic and action then you might see an even further distillation of that mentality and th- and if that's why it seems to like get worse right like even when I was in college, like I had friends that were in fraternities that told me about their hazing, and yeah, it it was pretty fucked up, right? But it's like it was it actually seems to be tamer than what more like you know what people are doing in 2016 and 2017. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, instead of it being 2010, and it's not that long after, right? And so the thing is that um, I feel as if the way that like fraternities operate in so many ways is to kind of uh, is that they are this microcosm of a particular um, of a particular mentality and logical framework that seems to keep being reinforced and reduced. You know what I mean? Like like made more potent, just more and over more time. savage. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just because uh, it's like completely secret from the, it, it's meant to be isolated mm-hmm. from others. It's meant to be exclusionary, meaning the group itself and the mentality is isolated. Leading to a farther and more potent, like no, that totally almost makes sense. evil, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, I want to. I think you put on. You bring up two points. I definitely want to talk about. One is that feedback loop you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, perfect. That's exactly nature. the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to quote the article that we're talking about. One, it gives like a kind of sense of the poetry of it, and two, it talks about the ways in which it's not just the the. It's not. The destructive element isn't just like you being hazed. It's also once you have to. In court, like once you, it's becoming, it's incumbent on you to um, start hazing yeah. as well. Yes. So there's this one part. I'll just, I'm just going to read another piece. Yeah. So another piece of ongoing Penn State lit- litigation involves a student at the Altoona campus named Marquis Braham, or Bram. I'm, I don't know how to pronounce him. Sorry. <laughs> who pledged Phi Sigma Kappa as a freshman in 2013. His parents' civil suit describes what he experienced, among other things, being forced to consume gross amounts of alcohol, chug bottles of Listerine, swallow live fish, fight fellow pledges, being burned with candle wax, deprived of sleep for 89 hours, locked in a room with other pledges, alcohol in a trash can to catch their vomit, having a gun held to his head, and being forced to kill, gut, and skin animals. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Bram had texted with his resident hall advisor a young woman desperately seeking help in understanding what was happening to him but she only endorsed the system saying yes it will get worse she wrote i'm sorry to say ha 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 but it will he made it through the hazing but the next semester he was expected to haze other pledges which broke him he went home to new york for spring break saying that he needed to see a priest at lunch with his mother the day before he was to return he excused himself from the table climbed to the top of a nearby building and jumped to his death a grand jury found no link between his death and the hazing he had endured. Penn State suspended Phi Sigma Kappa's charter for only six years. Jesus. So that's a way where it's – I think it's just – it exemplifies that the problem isn't just, you know, those who are being hazed, but those who are also – once it's required of you to do the hazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing you were talking about that I think is important is uh, the secrecy. Mm-hmm. And I think – why I want to talk about this is – the way that the process by which you get inducted, the entire process by which you get inducted into a fraternity um, is designed in such a way that you don't, one, you don't know what you're getting into. And by the time you know what you're getting into, it's too late. And this is the secrecy is the fundamental element that um, allows this to happen. So if you are, say you want to, um, it's like rush, you want to like join a fraternity, um, What'll happen is you'll just you'll basically like party with the guys, see what's going on, but you don't really. It's you're trying to find someone you click with, or you know whose sensibilities are in line with yours. Mm-hmm. But you don't know anything about what you're gonna go through, and because all the rituals are secret, and you haven't been like, um, you haven't been selected to be part of a pledge class mm-hmm. yet, you don't really. It, nothing is revealed to you. So all you know is like, oh, like this seems like a cool group. I'd like to be a part of it. Let's say you get selected then. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as the rituals are happening, not only are you not told about what's going to happen, but you're not allowed to tell anyone else. So it completely stays insulated. And the the rituals themselves start off very easy. And over time, they become 
really difficult. That seems like it makes logical sense, but what ends up happening is you've just spent all of this time, you know, like maybe cleaning the frat house or, you know, just having to do errands. You have to be the beck and call of every one of your brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, if they call you, you don't answer. Like the whole class might get punished. Yeah. Actually, you want to know something? I just, uh, just really quick aside. Um, uh, at FSU, one of Brittany's friends – from my Brittany, my girlfriend. I've mentioned her, but just to say for yeah, we get it. Now. You vape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, get it. I have a girlfriend. Yeah, um, no, uh, but Brittany knew um, had a friend from uh, back where she's from in Broward County that was pledging a fraternity at FSU, and um, he was like I guess that he was what's called on call, like Johnny said, right which is where mm-hmm. all of the brothers, the older brothers in a fraternity, <clears throat> are who are out partying on a Saturday or something like that, if they call this pledge and ask him to come pick them up or to come do something for them, like bring me, you know, like bring me McDonald's or something like that, right? Or come yeah, pick yeah. me and this person up or, you know, like whatever ki- other kinds of things you can think of uh, someone doing at three o'clock in the morning for you after partying. So they uh, call this, uh, this guy who is uh, one of Brittany's friends uh, and say that he has to go pick them up at the strip. Right. Actually, it's, it's funny. I mean, this has to be, this is all in the news and everything. His name is Becker. So if you look it up, that's his last name. I mean, it's, I would want people to know about it, but um, he was called to go pick these older brothers up from, uh, from this uh, area of Tallahassee called the the Strip, which is mm-hmm. you know a big row of clubs, like seven clubs in um, <laughs> in rundown old retail stores. It's essentially like classic Tallahassee, really seedy place. But um, what ends up happening is that he they say you have to be here in however long or whatever is going to happen to you. Right? I, I I don't know the details of that conversation. What I do know is that on his way there, he was speeding around a corner, flipped over, and died. Right, and uh, that happened. I mean, on a on a road that you very often uh, drive down when you're living in Tallahassee, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. the, just like a residential road. But uh, Brittany always mentioned it that it was uh, the place where her friend had died, and that's something that I kind of thought of because even the like. When we talk about this, when we talk about this article and I was, you know, making that comparison to the Stanford prison experiment and like that whole like torture element of it. The other side of it is that even the things that are just like less disturbing yeah. or less like evil, right? Like the, the concept of Pledge stays up one night and comes and drives the brothers around town. That doesn't actually sound too... Uh, too scary heinous. or harmful yeah, or, yeah or yeah or, heinous yeah. or destructive right you know what i mean that's that that actually sounds like relatively like acceptable tame. fun like yeah. kind of tame fun hazing now yeah. the thing is when you combine something like that though with all this other mentality sleep deprivation on, and like and and, and like also your fear of what will what they'll do to you yeah, if you totally. don't right and like you can't just leave because you know you'll like that, you know, they'll, like, fuck with you in other ways if you just dip out in the middle of, uh, of Rush or something like that, right? But so the thing is that um, when you comp- – like, there are tame ways of kind of doing these initiation rituals. Like I said at the beginning, like, everybody's done them, right? Everybody's, like, been a part of a group that has some particular initiation process. I know I have, and but I've never been a part of one that had anything that wasn't more than just, like, you know, good-natured fun, for example, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the thing is that um, when even those tame aspects are combined with these really heinous rituals and kind of uh, isolation and, you know, de- deprivation of sleep and all of these, all these various other things that, that we talk about when we're talking about this, um, uh, even the tame things become incredibly dangerous, right and so yeah, that's, that's something that's that that's something yeah. that stuck with me because i thought it was like it's like that's a relatively tame hazing thing just stay up and pick us up when we get out of the club right yeah. but if you instead say if you don't get here in 15 minutes then tomorrow we're gonna beat the shit out of you 
right? And make you do whatever, swallow fish. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, these people? <laughs> swallow fish is, like, the most ridiculous one. I yeah, think and, and I also have a friend who rushed a fraternity and did have to swallow a fish. I do know about that. Not he also had to take a whole... He also took <laughs> a, uh, a whole white onion, right? So, like, a really, really pungent onion. He had to eat the whole onion. Skin and all, just like yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. that shit's you know whatever. That's dude. That's, that's not even. I, I know. I was yeah. just saying that that was one. That that's the, the. Those are the two things I know about swallowing a live fish, which is you know an eight out of ten on the disturbing scale, and eating an onion, which was like you know. A this story. is the <laughs> like. This is the Guy Fieri boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy just took a trip to Flavor Town. Well, yeah, thing. exactly. Just, Welcome yeah, to really, Flavor it was just Town. like. <laughs> The seedy part of Flavortown <laughs> is all that you're describing. That's they don't tell you that in the Lonely south side Planet. of Flavortown has like Man. a really big crime problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so just to bring this back to yeah, so like yes, there there's some rituals that are not very like you know insidious, but they still like they carry risk. This all culminates in something that I brought up in the beginning, which is Hell Week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems to be where like kids die a lot because now now you like spent all this time. Yeah, yeah. kids die a lot. I, mean, it's, I guess that's yeah. why it's called Hell Week. Yeah, but this um you'll have you've just spent all of this time like doing all of these tasks. It's super time consuming. It's super tough on you, and you're one week away. And then this is when the shit usually starts getting super real when you're forced to binge drink yeah. really heavily. All the things that we're talking, all the most like you know destructive. The worst behaviors. Uh, rituals we were talking about. The worst behaviors. <laughs> um, that if you if that was put at the beginning of the process, oh, this shit would of the initiation process, it would you would just like back out yeah. immediately. If you knew if the if it wasn't a secret thing and it wasn't with the information wasn't withheld, yeah, until the end, you would probably not even do the first parts. Think yeah. it was worth yeah, do the first parts, but. The system is designed – the initiation system is designed in such a way that it really preys on people's sunken cost fallacy, like yeah. uh, those inclinations yeah. to buy in. Yeah, those sensibilities. So um, basically I just want to put that out there is like yeah. just to kind of rationalize – It's give not it, just like uh, dumb it's, kids it's, who are yeah. just like, yeah, I'll fucking get this the shit actually, beat out of me for a week. Yeah. It's like they're yeah. suckered into it and the, the process of hazing – not just the hazing itself, but like the process of induction into the hazing process mm-hmm. is also insidious. Right. Yes. And and there's also something to be said for like one of the things that I wanted to point out here is like we we can talk for a second about like exactly what you're talking about. Like, what is it like to be one of those people getting hazed? Like, why 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 even if you're being made to swallow live fish, are you not just being like I'm gonna go home? right no i mean like i know and and, 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 i'm not doing that yeah exactly i meant to i I mean to say that like it's funny to say that way because it it just seems like so outside of ourselves like yeah i would just be like no No, you know i'm gonna go eat pad thai (laughs) like or something like that right um but the thing is that fish sauce (laughs) yeah exactly all fish sauce but the thing is that um it really, Johnny, I think you uh, were completely right that like the reason that people will end up kind of putting up with this stuff is because there's this like not just a sunken amount of like time and effort, but like emotional uh, commitment. Right? Totally. Yeah. So like by the time and that you're being by the time you're being made to swallow live fish, um, you are already close friends with at least the people in your class. Right. And then probably some of the older brothers. You know, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about this being sort of a microcosm of the college experience. Because, you know, if you're going for like an English degree, you know, you're three years deep and you realize like, oh, I'm just going to be working at Starbucks. Like... I'm already three years deep. I gotta finish this at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, same yeah. same mentality applies here. The, yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah, totally. But I don't think I got that, underwater like, to get your weaving. English degree that you have to drink until you vomit. And well, then I mean, there are incidentals. Your, there are incidentals. Vomit. Like, imagine that being pitched to you in an English. I'll class. put it this way: Do you know any English majors professor. that aren't alcoholics? I rest my case. it's true true. but so (laughs) i think that there's uh i think that there's something to be said for the fact that like um you can't like i guess that 
don't hold it against the people who end up like talking about it later. No, you know what totally, I mean. I mean, this yeah. is the same kind of thing yeah. that like you know when you talk about sexual assault, we'll talk about it that soon on here. But like but so, a similar like mentality of yeah, but touchgate. But the thing is that like the um the kind of like uh victim skepticism so like when some like i think one of the reasons that uh the hazing thing hasn't become some sort of like big constant rallying cry is because of this kind of well they said yes there's a shaming yeah it's like a, yeah, shaming. a shaming you're a pussy like, if you don't like go through with it you're a pussy if you talk about it like yeah and well, then on stupid. top there's of also that shaming from the outside from, yeah. from the outside they go why oh, didn't yeah, you just, just like <laughs> you know say i'm gonna go eat pad thai why didn't you um <laughs> i like that it's someone's hungry yeah. this is not the cooking <laughs> yeah. episode yeah. guys god yeah. damn it i'm just maybe i'm craving pad thai yeah, i mean you know, <laughs> i for sure am now. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but um the thing is that there's a victim shaming even after like let's say that you have a problem with it and you leave that situation there's going to be someone who's just like, why did why did you even put up with what you did put up with, or something like that? Like right. the guy, totally, who, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of improperly pr- placed because it is. I mean, this is kind of a demonstrative, uh, a demonstrable fact about human nature. But we're very good at uh, imagining ourselves being super independent. Like you know, logically and internally, right. in consciousness. We we see ourselves as being so independent when we're alone, right? But we always underestimate and discount the power of the collective consciousness when we're in a group that totally. is isolated in this way, right? So the yeah. thing is that, like you know, to say that, like you know, I I had moments reading the article where I was like, yeah, but like you know, why would you do that? And it was, I think it's because of that. You know what I mean? I think that, but like, yeah. I think to a degree, we have to. There has to be like forgiveness it, on that end. It's easy the, to say, like, oh, victim, I wouldn't do that. You know? That's some dumb shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I super think. Easy, I, right? I think what you're saying actually is why this attracted me is because it's it's help. It's like, it's engaging with subjects like this. Where personally, to me, I don't, I, I didn't have that impulse in college mm-hmm. to want to or inclination to join a fraternity. But as I'm getting older, I'm trying to be a more sympathetic compassionate person it's important to like look at other people's life experiences and um systems of abuse that you weren't really subject to but are still very problematic and really hurtful for like uh people that you share this world with Mm -hmm. um i think that's what really drew me to this and really putting myself in the position of someone who just wanted to be part of a group um if I didn't totally this kind of group, if I didn't totally understand it, it's still the the darkness of a lot of these behaviors, and just it, it was very sad, and it, it brought me into a position where just it, 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 my sympathy was very much evoked. For sure, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I, I think it it opened my horizons to you know, you know, we don't talk about for, for like good reason, but we don't like specifically talk about like the way that like men abuse each other because there's lots of other like like politically right now more prevalent forms of abuse we need yeah, to yeah, no, address. Yeah, this isn't like something we need to talk yeah. about right now it's something we need to get to later but yeah, it's okay I, it's, like, you it's, know. it makes yeah. it makes sense that it's not you know at the forefront isn't that very men of us to be like oh no what well, we can handle it for right now like yeah. <laughs> our shit can take a backseat yes. yeah. <laughs> but uh I think it's a good exercise in sympathy for sure and that's why I want to talk about it mm-hmm. and I you know is the solution to do something like FSU did and ban all Greek life? Probably not. And there are like I don't you know, think it's a bad one though. I mean, like if if the systemic problems aren't being addressed and instead are just being like there's new finding new ways to hide them is the solution. Like maybe this is the sort of like show of force that's been necessary since like I don't know kids started fucking dying. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's. Probably, I mean, like at the very least, it's, it, it's kind of a funny way to think about it. But like, I, I think a university, one of a university's goals should probably be like, you know, zero fatalities. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, just yeah, a, I, like that's great. No, I totally, I totally get it. Yeah, no, I, I that, love what that, you put I know it's a controversial. for sure. I'll stake my claim. <laughs> yeah. But and, and, and I think that you're right because um, something that really concerned me about this topic was the fact that uh, so many universities are underreactive when these things occur, right? 
And yeah. uh, one of the other sides that ju- just like, you know, because we're on this topic now, we're kind of moving to the, the like, what do you do about it kind of situation. Something that's kind of counterintuitive but makes sense as soon as you think about it for a little bit longer is that, uh, you know, the there's like a fraternity uh, association, like a national fraternity association. Right, right. That um, uh, not just for like for each fraternity and then also for all fraternities all fraternities right yeah and it's not that they like that all the it's just like kind of their um internal self-governing body Mm -hmm. and everybody's like a member to the to these groups right um but the thing is that obviously in all of their bylaws and shit right they not only say zero hazing if you haze you're done you're out like you know like all you're done in this you're done yeah out of here yeah out of here right exactly but <laughs> like you're like impersonation of like a like a Hollywood like yeah exactly star yeah. like hey kid yeah, hey yeah. Oh, that was more like Louis Armstrong but all right yeah, yeah. hey kids yeah. yeah it's that's a wonderful a, yeah. world <laughs> that's a, that's a good Louis not. Armstrong Perry not Louis yeah. but um so the thing is that uh oh my God where was I it just it doesn't matter man yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I remember what I remember what I was saying. So the thing is that it, obviously their bylaws say that like no hazing or it's like a really big problem. You'll have your charter suspended or revoked or this, that, and the other thing. And then on top of that, they have all of these incredibly stringent and uh, like exhaustive rules and procedures for uh, drinking at parties. Yeah. For the at these fraternities, right? But I mean, oh, right, that, yeah. what's so bizarre about that is, I mean. I ha- like I went to FSU. I've been to parties at Heritage Grove, which is where all the frat houses are. And right, right. I also Heritage Grove sounds really racist now that I say it. think about it. Mm. But so the thing is that like um, the mm. thing is sorry, I'm just noticing. But like just so, That's but not so, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also fraternities are like super racist too. Yeah, also like, uh, the uh, the other thing is that fraternities are super racist. But the thing is that um, I've been to parties there, right? And I'm just like I'm gonna let you guys know. I don't know if you know, but they don't follow all of those drinking rules. <laughs> you know, what no. I, mean? I mean, it's a, really. Yeah. Oh, but so the thing <laughs> evidently, yeah, evidently, people are dying. But so the yeah. thing is that um, there is something to be, uh, maybe not even an argument to be made, but more of an observation to be taken to heart, is that um, sometimes rules like that, or like you know, incredibly stringent rules actually have the detrimental effect of making people more, more scared yeah well more secretive and also uh, more anxious about um, about like reporting something that might be going on so in this case of the of uh, uh, it's Timothy Palazzo right it's uh, Pizza, Pizza. yeah P- Piazza, Piazza. Yeah. okay Piazza uh, Tim Piazza but so the thing is that um, in in his case it was that he had fallen down these steps into the basement and then there is this long description of what the videotape actually holds oh yeah it's like article. pretty horrific. he's like he's oh got like it, it actually made my it massive made my, I, I got physically his appendix i got like yeah he had like a ruptured spleen and there was like clear like uh, also uh, something important to they're know. throwing beer yeah, at they're, him they're, they're like they're there were beer in his face there were med sla- students like slaps his stomach there yeah, were med there students were, uh, like present like multiple that saw like giant like weeping like contusions that were filling with blood from his ruptured spleen and they were like yeah he's good don't call the cops yeah he's exa- fine. exactly and, and and so the thing is that like i mean j- like the the story of what actually happened to this kid made me made me feel very sick like actually physically sick you know made my stomach crazy yeah. but the thing is that um uh the the culture of well how about this the, the reaction of making these incredibly stringent rules about what people can and cannot do and you know for a fact that they won't follow them right you make strict rules you know no one follows them but you turn a blind eye only until things get bad that's a recipe for the fact that the people who are like breaking those rules are going to try really hard to not get caught for breaking those rules right right Yep. And what that will do is that, I mean, like, you know, what, what was it that the doctor said about about this kid that um, if they had actually brought him to the hospital when it happened. Oh, he would be it, alive. 100%. He would be alive. Right. And I mean, I didn't I, like as I, I mean, if you read the article and you read the end of it, the description of it, it is truly, 
truly horrifying. Because it's and, so uh, prevent. It was so. It was such a stupid. It's so preventable, and he's yeah. fighting for his life in the dumbest fight. Yeah, ever. yeah, exactly. Like, and 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 I mean, yeah, it was oh. it was it was really uh, it was really tough to read, but it was worth reading because it gives me a very different. Um, uh, view on like kind of institutionalized uh, uh, exclusion. Sure. Just generally, do you know what I mean? Like exclusive groups yeah. that are that are built into institutions, right? That are isolated and, as Johnny said, I thought was a good word was insulated, right? I think that there's something really dangerous about that in certain ways, and it seems to be coming to a fruition now and coming to uh, coming to a head. So I hope that some. I hope that like you know FSU. I'm very happy that FSU suspended group life. I'm like, yeah. I'm very, very, very proud of be of going to that school and uh, by the way that they handled this because I think that that's perfectly necessary. Like this, some of this shit has got to fucking stop. Yeah, I, I, it's just, uh, I understand like that there are a lot, you know, that there are merits too though to Greek life, and so it seems like it's. It's difficult. It's hard for me. It's hard for me also to. Yeah, it's hard for me to really identify the positive of a child. (laughs) Yeah, the kid was nineteen. He wasn't even of legal drinking age. Is the other and not just that, but also the whole point that, like, you know, we talk we we didn't talk about the racial issue of fraternities, and then we also didn't talk about the fraternity relationship to women. Yeah. Okay. And then we also didn't talk about. The uh, exa- I mean, we we were hitting on it when we talked about like it's not chess club. Groups. It's just like but like binge yeah, drinking it, but it's and like rape and yeah, it's institutionalized racism. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like you know I hate the word I, I hate like you know when they say toxic relationship, toxic friendship, toxic ma- masculinity. I don't like the word toxic, but I don't know a better term to use to describe it because this is the one that people use to describe it. Mm-hmm. But like it is, they are kind of like farms for the toxic mas- masculinity that you see being critiqued by both men and women in the public sphere. Completely. Right. So I think that like, it is getting harder for me to uh, see the benefits of the fraternity system when this stuff is going on. And, and particularly in the way that it is constructed now, I, 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 it has gotten to the point where it's very hard for me to see the positives. And so I think that a good a good choice is to take a really deep hard look at what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I definitely I would definitely recommend like all those issues that Mark just sort of cataloged at the end are all really important and uh, I just don't think we have the time. Yeah. To, uh, obviously not them. right now, but, but that's why I just unfortunately yeah. I, w- I would like thing. to go into more depth, but I have a raid. We spent an we spent <laughs> we spent an hour on just one of like the four or five things that we know to be really like yeah. problematic about this system, and so I want I want to figure those out. Yeah, I think we all agree yeah. on that. I would. This I would, might be something. I'll we say revisit, that honestly, it's possible, or we could revisit it in different yeah. you know, contexts, like yeah. instantiate. Yeah, but um, I would definitely recommend this article. Absolutely, that's in the Atlantic. We should definitely put it in the show notes because it, it does go. Is over it? All of this do they have it really on, on their like online publication too? Yeah, Mark. Mark didn't buy it. He oh, cool. It, so yeah, I sent it to him. Yeah, so uh, I would definitely recommend it and um, something to think about for sure. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to get into uh, recommendations since this is yeah. technically our eight C episode? <laughs> totally. Oh yeah. Uh, Mark, why don't you hit us first? Okay, I think that Jacob knows what I'm going to recommend because uh, I've been bothering him to watch it. For the I last know few what weeks. you're going to. It's about. Yeah. It's a documentary about the whaling <laughs> about whales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um. It's this <laughs> Korean horror movie called The Whaling, not like the whaling, but the whaling. W a i minus the Dan Rathers. I n g. Yeah, minus the Dan Rathers. Or, or David Attenborough, whoever fucking whaling. knows those things. But so, yeah, Whaling. But so, no, it's called The Whaling. It's a Korean horror movie that I saw. Um, it came out last year in 2016, but I saw it for the first time uh, last week. And um, I, I got to say, man, it was really good. I mean, there, there have been other... Um, uh, I've, I've seen other movies recently that I thought were really fantastic. I recommended a movie called Demon a couple of weeks ago that I don't think that Jacob or Johnny watched either. But either way, um, this really uh, this really stands out to me. Um, I would recommend it to just about anyone 
who is not too scared to watch horror movies. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you, even if it's not your favorite genre, this is a fantastic film. It is. It, I really think that this is a great movie, and I am particularly partial to um, kind of more open endings. Like, I'm a big fan of the way The Shining ends with no, like very little explanation, and it's just kind of like loose threads, right? And this movie does that masterfully. Right, it, it it really is fantastic. So I'd recommend that to anybody who's interested in horror movies. Yeah, I'm it's a, called The Wailing. I just legally purchased it. Sure, <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, you did. It just finished, uh, you know, being legally purchased on my computer. I'm, look, <laughs> I'm looking at the legally purchased seating. Uh, <laughs> I'm seated. <laughs> I'm just supporting the company, it's dude. Not illegal to torrent it. It's not illegal to torrent it. <laughs> Johnny, do you have any uh, recommendations this week? It's so illegal to torrent. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend not listening to Mark. And, uh, Don't listen to the resident. I'm lawyer. a lawyer, he may say. <laughs> Whatever. I, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the certificate. Yeah, proof. I don't believe proof. It. I need proof. I need the long form. Yeah, I need the long form. <laughs> That's very funny. But uh, I'll recommend a movie too. Um, I just finally saw Tony Erdman. Which was uh, the uh, like the one of the most esteemed movies last year. It was uh, a nomination. It was Germany's nomination for best foreign language movie. Submission, you mean? It is. Or was it nominated? Sim- it was nominated. Okay. Yeah, it was their submission, but 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 it was it was also I guess. Nominated. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it is a three-hour comedy. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds um, so great. The, the, the director, uh, Marin Age, she wanted to make a movie that was inspired by, uh, like, the sensibility, like, the Andy Kaufman sensibilities. And it, it takes place it, mostly in Romania, um, but it deals with, uh, like, a father trying to basically re- reintroduce himself into his daughter's life. His daughter is, like, this uh, high-power consultant for an oil company. And it's, it's at once, like, a very bizarre comedy that's very risky um uh it's endearing and it's also like has it's like it has a way of it there's larger themes about like germany's arrogance in the eu and how you know like countries like romania are probably going to get swallowed up by um these power relationships mm. um so it, it it's like a, it's a movie that says a lot it has a lot of you know, it has a lot to say both about sentiment, feeling, and about geopolitics at the same time while never really feeling forced. There's an incredible scene where the <laughs> at the uh, the father and the daughter out of nowhere sing this Whitney Houston song. Dude, that movie is so like, – I walked it, in on Johnny watching it a couple yep. times, and I was just like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> it was exceptionally good movie. I can't believe I waited that long to see it. But anyway, that's what I would recommend. Awesome. But wait, can I watch it somewhere or do I have to legally, legally have purchase to, quote, it? quote, unquote, it, legally purchase it. Okay. Here's the real. Um, it's difficult to torrent because the, there are no torrents with the subtitle ah. and the subtitle text is like it doesn't sync. And like I spent like 20 minutes trying to get it to sync. So I got a free trial subscription to stars to watch it <laughs> on Amazon <laughs> and then canceled the stars subscription. That's going to be a huge obstacle for anyone wanting to watch this movie. But I would say that it was like worth so worth it. Yeah, it was worth. Oh man. Anyway, that's what I got. Dope. Uh, I'm going to recommend something that doesn't exist yet. I'm going to do a little self plug here. Uh, I'm working on a new sister podcast to this one. It's called cooking with codex. Uh, you're gonna. <laughs> oh my god! That was the god. best name I could come Great, up with. it's pretty good. Perfect. Uh, no, it's good. No, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and uh, it's gonna be. We're gonna do the Thanksgiving episode next week. We're we're having a little friendsgiving get together on Saturday. I'm gonna be cooking a bunch of really dope food. So I kind of wanted to do a podcast about um, like what Thanksgiving means to different people, what their favorite Thanksgiving dishes are, some of the the challenges of cooking for Thanksgiving. I haven't really decided if it's going to be like. Why did a, you even tell me about this? Because well, you, you I don't cook, live here. I didn't even find out till now. Oh my god! You don't like, live here, dude. Be, 
It's, I mean, that, oh, not about your friends giving, about your podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to be doing it together. Me, <laughs> don't worry. Why don't you tell me about friends giving? I'm offended. I like to surprise you with shit. It's more fun to. Your reactions <laughs> yeah. when you're like prepared for things are nowhere near as fun as when you're insulted oh that I didn't God. include you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be up uh, probably like next Saturday after actual Thanksgiving. Cause you, I think on that note too, if anyone's listening, um, I think we're gonna try and start doing like more podcasts. I think is the goal, um, and we need more voices. So if anyone like wants to, you know, say what up, see if they've got any good ideas, um, I definitely want to encourage people. We're gonna have a Facebook page. It's already now. up. So it's yeah. already up. Um, so, and also, uh, oh sorry, go ahead, Johnny. Oh no, I was gonna say also on that note, uh, since the Facebook page is up. Um, keep sending for our, our 10th episode or our 10th week episode. We're going to be doing uh, a mailbag episode. So any questions that you might have, like anything that you you want answered on a podcast, uh, please send questions to codexwestpodcast at gmail.com or just message us on Facebook on the Facebook page. Yeah, and we'll accept the stupidest. Oh, the dumbest. <laughs> just the dumbest fucking yeah. <laughs> if, if that's what it turns out being, I would be totally I'd happy. Be perfectly with, fine. Just, yeah, I think, we, yeah. But, um, yeah, right? We're good. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, until, next, and, until next week, homies, uh, this is the Codex West Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you, see you next time. <laughs> Later. Later. Later.